This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What is name, image, and likeness? Who does this benefit? And what role does AI play in these arguments? We'll answer all of these questions and more on this edition of Getting Schooled. I'm Abby Hornacek. Name, image, and likeness. Three words that have dominated the NCAA athletic programs over the past several years. To break it down, NIL is essentially an extension of the right to publicity. And some collegiate athletes have truly benefited from this. For example, LSU gymnast, I'm sure you've heard of her, Olivia Dunn, has an NIL evaluation of $3.4 million. That's right. $3.4 million. So what is the right to publicity? How will these arguments be impacted as technology advances? And how can NIL help athletes beyond the field? Here to answer all of these questions is brand protection attorney at Venable LLP, Sharoni Finkelstein. And Sharoni joins me now. How's it going, Sharoni? Good, Abby. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. You know, we were just chatting before we got on. I I just told you this, so I'm sorry to repeat it again. But I'm excited to do this because I played a sport in college. And this came all after I graduated, which is a little bit of a bummer. But then I was also saying no one would ever probably want to sell my name, image, or likeness. So probably for the best. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Uh, So let's, yeah, let's get into that. Um, We're talking today about just the concept of name, image, and likeness. Um, This has been something that has been a hot topic as of late. How does this relate to one's right of publicity? And just what exactly are we talking about here? Sure. So the right of publicity really refers to the right of people to control the commercial use of their identity. So it's not a right to be left alone, um, but really to control the commercial value of their identity. Um, It's a form of intellectual property. And so what you're looking at in the context of right of publicity is the right to uh, protect the commercial value of your name, image, likeness, your voice, your signature, all these different things that make up the identity of an individual. Got it. So is there ever a time when we have a conversation about the one's right to privacy versus their right of publicity? So right to publicity originated from the right of privacy. That's kind of historically how it came about. But they're distinct things. The right of privacy is the right to have somebody not intrude on your private life. The right to publicity is the right to control your commercial uses of your identity. So they're distinct in that sense. So when we're talking about right of publicity, we're really talking about the commercialization 
of that identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, this has been a topic of conversation for so long. I even remember being in college and writing a paper about this. And, you know, people have been debating for years, should athletes be able to make money on their name, image, and likeness? And then in 2021, the NCAA allowed students to be able to be compensated. So what way uh, are they benefiting from these deals that they weren't before? So until the NCAA passed that ruling, really college athletes weren't able to license their name, image, or likeness, which meant that they couldn't profit from, let's say, an apparel company using their image or their name in association with it. They couldn't do these branded license deals that are so common in athletics in general. So on the one hand, you have universities that are making millions, if not billions of dollars off of student athletes from sales of merchandise and tickets and all everything that goes around it. But then you have the athletes who aren't able to participate in those profits by licensing really their identity. People are coming to see the players on the field. And so with this uh, new ruling, they're basically allowed to now enjoy and participate in that compensation. Right. I remember being in college and one of the very first times that we met as a team was like a four and a half to five hour meeting. And it was basically all of the rules of what we could, what we could not accept. And it was like, if you have a good game and you go to Chipotle and they want to give you a burrito, you cannot accept it for free. You absolutely have to pay them something. And now, you know, times have obviously changed a lot with this with this ruling. And you look at athletes like Olivia Dunn, Bryce Young, Zia Cook. Those are all athletes who have really benefited from NIL deals. So who do you think the game changers have been in this entire topic? You know, I think all three of those have been huge. I think that they're among the highest paid players. You know, you mentioned Olivia Dunn. I believe her NIL valuation was estimated at $2.6 million last year. That's a huge amount of money. And so all of these different players are able to really capitalize on their fame. Some of it has to do with their uh, recognition. So their social media followers, um, Olivia Dunn has over 10 million followers, whereas somebody like Zia Cook, I think has a quarter million Instagram followers. So all of those things are taken into consideration when factoring in what is the value of that name? How, How broadly will these partner brands get exposed by using these uh, uh, NIL licenses. Do you think that's part of what catapulted this decision forward because social media has become such an, an integral part of our society? Influencers, even that who aren't athletes, they're making money off of their image and likeness. Do you think that is part of the reason why athletes are now be, being able to reap the benefits of that as well? So I absolutely think that that's part of it in 2019, California passed the Fair Pay to Play Act, um, which took effect this year. And it basically opened the door to this happening, uh, to allowing the licensing of uh, name, image, and likeness. And I do think that has to do with social media and you know the broader reach. But also, before these rules were changed, athletes uh, were pretty limited in what they could do. So you know, I would imagine that if they were seen on their Instagram in a photo eating a Subway sandwich, there could be a potential endorsement claim. If So basically, it benefits both the businesses and the athletes 
by being able to collaborate. Absolutely. That makes sense. And this has been talked about for quite some time. I mentioned that at the beginning. Why was there opposition to these types of NIL deals? I think the opposition came from the fact that uh, the NCAA previously made it okay. They essentially would revoke the eligibility of college athletes who were paid for the use of their names or likeness. I mean, I guess the theory is that students are there for academics and the universities. Uh, it's almost like they had this mini monopoly over the sports and the competitions. So I think the opposition to it may have come from the fact that, you know, if these players are starting to license their name, image, and likeness, when the athletes are doing that, then they're not really operating on an amateur level. That's something that's been reserved for the pros. Um, and I think that it was to maybe keep a level playing field. Mm. Um, yeah, you're basically keeping athletes as students too. I mean, if if they then become professionals and they're making all this money too, I mean, what's the motivation to keep doing? I mean, the motivation now is to make the money with your image and likeness as well, but it kind of takes that amateur level out. I mean, that's a good point. Right. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, does NIL protect people like regular people and their images? How does that work? Are we just talking athletes? Um, does it apply to everyone or only high profile figures? So everyone has a right of publicity, whether you're a celebrity, an athlete or somebody like me. The question is, what is the value of that right of publicity of that NIL? So there might not be a high dollar amount attached to my name, image or likeness, but for celebrities, for athletes, um, both at the college and professional levels, there's a much higher value associated with that because people want to see them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and something too, that I think about often is the development of technology. We talked about social media and how that's changed the landscape of just how we operate in society, especially for athletes. But then we also are getting into this conversation about AI and deep fakes. How has that impacted the world of NIL protections? So that has been a game changer. And I think we're just seeing the start of it. Um, mm -hmm. Really, AI allows anyone to create an image, song, um, or text using celebrities and athletes' likeness in advertisements. Essentially, these AI algorithms require massive amounts of training data, input, so things like videos, images, sound bites that are all publicly available and all out there on the internet. These uh, AI software take all of that data and create their own deep fakes in a way that feels real. And so for the first time, we're seeing this universe where in order to use somebody's NIL, you don't have to actually go to them and say, can I use this? And let's enter into an agreement and have an arm's length negotiation. Instead, anyone with this software can create their own rendering of that person, and that's um, which not creates illegal? a lot of problems. That's not illegal? Well, so there's no law specifically prohibiting that. The Really, it would be the traditional 
legal frameworks of right of publicity, that would be a misappropriation of right of publicity, potentially. Uh, there are copyright laws, trademark laws, all sorts of other intellectual property that are implicated in this, but there are no specific laws on the books mm. dealing with the use of AI for these deep fakes. Um, I should say with the exception of a 2020 New York law that prohibits the use of uh, unconsented deep fakes in pornography. Got it. So you're telling me I would never do this, but if I made a deep fake of Olivia Dunn, then, and I was making money off of that, that is, I could argue to say, well, it's not actually Olivia Dunn. It's a deep fake. It's, it's a rendering of her. Like, is that an argument that I could make? I don't think it would be a winning argument. So <laughs> Bummer. when you're talking, <laughs> just kidding, right. <laughs> when you're talking about right of publicity, it's not just the actual images and likeness. It also extends to anything that creates the feeling or impression of that person. So it's really identifiability. Mm. Um, there are cases even going back to the 80s and 90s where there were sound-alike issues. Bette Midler was one of them who sued over the use of her voice. It was a sound-alike. It wasn't actually her voice and it wasn't AI, but she successfully sued to prevent the use of a, a sound-alike voice in a commercial context because it was so closely identifiable with her. Um, there was a Vanna White case uh, in the early 90s where there was a robot dressed up to look like Vanna White turning letters on a Wheel of Fortune board. And basically the Ninth Circuit held that this use of a, a Vanna White lookalike robot created a tribal issue of fact whether or not her identity was used. So there definitely are legal frameworks in place that can address this use of NIL within AI, deep fakes, but there's not a specific law that addresses the use of AI. So there's, I think there's more to come. And I think that both at the federal and state level, uh, courts and legislatures are starting to deal with this and think about it seriously. Right. Well, also, um, Jordan Sparks was a recent one, too. She put out a statement on uh, her Instagram prohibiting the use of her voice and likeness with AI entities. So do is that what they have to do if you're someone who fears that AI people could use AI for your name, image and likeness? Like what protections do you have? What do you have to do? It's tough because just like with uh, any other use of name, image, likeness, oftentimes the remedy is a lawsuit to get damages, uh, whether those are punitive damages, actual damages, what uh, what would you have earned had you actually licensed your name? So there are all sorts of uh, kind of established laws that you would have to sue under. Um, in terms of AI, what some celebrities are starting to look into is licensing their name, image, and likeness for AI purposes, both now and after they're deceased. So that would mean looking at traditional aspects of licensing. Um, it can be a limited permission to use the name image likeness. This can be an exclusive or a non-exclusive license. You're going to want to think about what exactly are you licensing? Are you licensing to a company the exclusive right to use your voice or your appearance or a particular photo? Uh, how is that going to be used? So once you have these licenses in place, you're making some sort of limited authorized use. You're also giving to a particular entity the right to control that and potentially the right to enforce that against other third parties. 
Um, that doesn't mean that licensing your a your NIL in the context of AI is going to prevent all uses. Um, there are always infringers out there. There are always people who are going to misappropriate NIL, but it's just one more tool that also will help establish what the value of your name is. If you're licensing your name hypothetically for a million dollars for this particular type of advertisement, when it comes time to seeking damages from somebody who's misappropriated your name and likeness, you have a, kind of a base level to understand what type of damages you should be seeking. All right, we've got to step aside for a quick recess, but we'll be back right after this. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is kind of a silly question, but I, I'm wondering, I, you think about people getting photos taken or the paparazzi and then they're selling your photo to someone. How is that different? Like, How is that allowed? So that often falls within a fair use exception. Mm. Um, Fair use is kind of a carve out to a lot of intellectual property and in general creates a right to use images, um, trademarks, copyrights. They all have their own various tests, but it basically gives a carve out for the media to put out photos that they took. So they are the copyright owner because they were the photographer of those images um, or they were a work for hire, whatever the case may be. So they take those images, they're the owner of the copyright, and it's a newsworthy subject matter, presumably. And so that allows them to sell that image. That does not allow them to then use that image in a commercial. So while you might see it splayed all over some publication or on the news, they can't take that and say, we now want this to be in the next Nike ad, for example. Mm, okay. And is that applied to, to like an NFT because an NFT, you, you know, there are NFTs of people like I, I think about, I don't know how exactly this might be too in the weeds, but if there's a little bit of a, a clip for an NFT of like an NBA game or like Michael Jordan dunking or something, how are they able to sell that if the NBA owns the rights to that footage? So I believe that some of that is currently being litigated. Ah. There is a copyright claim to, in whoever owns that image. So if it was a publicly available clip of an NBA game, like you said, you have that clip, you take it. The question is going to be, does that fall within fair use? Is it a commercial use? These are kind of, there's a whole lot of factors. So I'm not going to go into all of them, but just high level, some of the things that you look for in a fair use analysis are going to be, what's the nature of the use? Is it transformative? Basically, did they take the original copyrighted work and alter it in a way that creates something else? Different circuits have different tests which is why it's hard to talk about fair use kind of big picture. It really depends on what jurisdiction you're in. But if you're then taking it and creating an NFT, which is itself a product, there could also be NIL considerations. And so I, I think that we're going to see a lot of litigation. And I think we've already started to see some, yeah. but I think it's going to come up more and more as people are trying to trade all of these uh, items. Essentially, the NFT 
is a commercial item and you're the only reason that's valuable is because it has a particular person's image or likeness attached to it. Mm-hmm. Are there any high profile cases that we can look to to better understand the consequences of, let's say, the unauthorized use of one's NIL? There have been cases against uh, video game ah. producers, for example, where these video game producers are creating I guess, AI-generated images of the players on the field. There was a a settlement actually after the recent laws were changed where Electronic Arts agreed to pay about $40 million to more than 29,000 current and former players Mm. um, whose images were used in these video games. So yes, there has been litigation over that. And there's now a lawsuit filed by a contestant on Big Brother against an app called Reface, which I guess uses AI to generate um, celebrity faces. And then you can do a face swap with them using an app. Wow. So these we unauthorized live in a scary uses. World. We do. We live in <laughs> Tell such me a, about it. <laughs> a very scary world. Uh, you know, the, the, to look at the direction that we're going and just the opportunities for these types of things to happen is it's really kind of scary to think about. So just last question I have for you, Sharoni, is if you were to boil this down to our listeners, what do you think is the most important thing for people to know about NIL? I think the most important thing is that everybody has a right to that protection, um, that it only protects it in the context of commercial uses, and that definitely as people are, whether they're becoming Instagram influencers, social media influencers, um, if they're athletes, if they're getting into a space where their persona is uh, valuable um, in and of itself, they're going to want to start looking into licenses or ways to protect that um, and definitely to keep an eye out in the public sphere so that they know when they can take action to get that taken down. All right. Well, what I learned from all of this is that I wish I was a little bit better at athletics so that I could be making all of this money <laughs> with my name, image, and likeness <laughs> in another life, we maybe. <laughs> well, Sharoni, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate you coming on Getting Schooled. Have a good one. Thanks for having me. All right. If you missed anything from class, these are my office hours. And here are some top takeaways about name, image, and likeness. Number one, the basis for most NIL protections stems from one's right to publicity. This right gives people agency and control of their identity in the commercial realm. Number two, Prior to the NCAA's 2019 ruling, student athletes could not profit off of their own name, image, or likeness. Meanwhile, colleges and universities made millions of dollars from apparel, ticket sales, and license deals. Thanks to the ruling, student athletes can now enjoy that compensation. And number three, the latest advancements in technology, new softwares, artificial intelligence, and deepfakes have changed the legal landscape for NIL protections. One avenue celebrities are looking to for the protection of their identity is licensing their NIL while they're both alive and while they are deceased. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast on NIL. For more podcasts, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this one on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen and leave us a review. This has been Getting Schooled with Abby Hornacek on the Fox News Podcast Network. Class dismissed. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. 
And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.